The trade deadline is looming, and the New York Yankees are making moves to improve a team that already has exceeded our expectations. Notice I said our expectations, not just my expectations, but also the expectations of Locked On Yankees host Stacy Gotsoulias, who, by pure coincidence, is the guest on today's episode of Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I'm yours, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you're watching me on the YouTubes, you know you can call me Sully. Follow me at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Who the heck am I? Who the heck am I? I'm a comedian sometimes. I've been an Emmy-nominated television producer. I've been a podcaster for over a decade, and I have appeared on HBO Sports yapping and yapping and being a funny talking head. Well, let me tell you something. There's someone out there who is completely unimpressed by that credit because she too has been on HBO Sports being a funny talking head, yapping and yapping on a very different uh, special. Uh, Let's bring her back. Friend of the podcast, friend of all things locked on, the person who introduced me to the locked on world. So I uh, I owe her a finder's fee. Uh, Stacy Gotsulius, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Um, just I just because it tickles me because I grew up thinking HBO was this unattainable force of of entertainment in my life, and knowing that um, I appeared on. Uh, the the HBO doc uh, Curse of the Bambino and then another one um, which I won't talk about but I I I, I was a uh, kind of a talking head of a Red Sox fan talking about that and I didn't realize until many years later because you were in nine innings from Ground Zero which I saw when it came out and as someone who lived in New York in two thousand one I I was obviously interested in as a classic Yankee hater I couldn't believe I found myself getting teared up about Yankee fans you know having happiness but uh little did I know one of the faces that I saw in there would be uh, a, a friend of the podcast that was a very odd experience for me because I belonged to a Yankees message board NYY fans and mm-hmm. someone had come into one of the threads talking about um i I believe they were originally going to do a yankees red sox rivalry i guess documentary and the woman who was scouting for people said you know leave a few paragraphs about yourself how big a yankee fan you are because i believe it was going to be for fox and i don't know if it was ever made um i don't think it was because it was it was 2000 it was the beginning of 2004 when this happened Mm. so i wrote like eight paragraphs and one of them was about the 2001 playoff experience and what it was like being at Yankee stadium. So she sent me a private message and said, look, my friend is doing a documentary for HBO on that. Would you 
you know, if he reached out to you, would you talk to him? I'm like, uh, yes. And within a week, I was being interviewed for nine innings from ground zero. I was like, what? It was really amazing. And I didn't embarrass my parents. So that was always that that was my goal, because, you know, HBO did have some shows that you could embarrass your family on. And I did Mm. not go on any of those. So Um, who do you would happen to remember um, who the director was or who the producer was that you you met with? Do you HBO? Yeah, for the HBO one. Joe Levine. Okay. Yeah, I was, uh, um, there was two that I worked with. One was Brett and the other was uh, John Stone. But they were, I got involved in that because I had, I was doing a lot of stand-up comedy. I was living in New York at the time. I was doing a lot of stand-up comedy. And I, my uh, Red Sox fandom was as subtle as a tidal wave. And um, and a friend of mine knew they were doing, the, when they did the first one, Curse of the Bambino, which was basically about how pathetic we Red Sox fans were. Um, if I knew someone in HBO who said, do you have my friend Sully in the show? And I said, who's that? I said, he's a comedian. You have to get him on. And I did a phone interview with the guy who wound up being the producer. And like about 10 minutes into the phone interview, he just stopped. He said, you know, we're using you, right? We're just going to keep going. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. I came in, they, we shot it like in some stately room, like at some like, it was right out of Trading Places where Dan Aykroyd would have belonged in Trading Places. And um, uh, the the film critic Jeffrey Lyons was just finishing up his segment and he left and I came in and uh, we just shot and shot. And the, the thing that got the two things that got me, you became a meme with the, the or, uh, or a uh, gif. Yeah. <laughs> you became a gif with the. I made myself kind of... a gif when I. St- well, apparently I was a hit in the HBO offices. I forgot. Okay, was it a blur for you? Because I honestly didn't even remember what I said to them. And I was, you know, they interviewed for me for like an hour, like an hour yeah, and 15 they... minutes. And when it was over, I really couldn't remember what the hell I said. So, you know, he was giving me progress reports as it was going on. He's like, no, you're fe- you're featured a bunch of times. And I'm like, like, I was like, why did I do this to myself? Oh, God, this is going to be bad. And the premiere, <laughs> most of the cast of The Sopranos was there um rudy giuliani was there uh james gandolfini wasn't there but everyone else was you know edie falco was there wow paulie walnuts was there it was like oh god you know i saw all these people i'm like oh no because i didn't know what to expect i don't remember i didn't remember how i looked i didn't even remember what i wore that day like it was just really like oh my god i'm gonna be on this giant movie screen oh no and you hear my voice first and as soon as I heard my voice, I went onto the floor and hid behind the theater seat in front of me. And my best friend's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, how do I look? Do I look all right? She's like, you look fine. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And then afterwards, people were stabbing themselves. Like the people from HBO at the reception were like, oh my God, it's you. And they were pretending to stab themselves. And Joe's like, oh yeah, we played you over and over again as we were editing the film. I'm like great. I don't even remember doing it. And the best part was the mic was right there. So you really hear me. Yeah. bash myself in my chest. So yeah, if you've never seen any of them, you should. Because HBO, I mean, you all know HBO sports documentaries they're, and HBO sports great. in general great. are great. But those two, three documentaries are, they're good. I have the first and last line of Reverse the Curse, uh, <laughs> which I know you haven't watched, but... Uh, uh, no, but I, I, and I will never. Thank you. I know, but but you know, if you, if you want to just watch the beginning and the very end, um, but, uh, no, the, why the, would I the, want to watch the end? <laughs> the, the, uh, uh, the, 
I do the the one thing is I I knew I was going to tell the story about in in Curse of the Bambino I tell the story about when the Red Sox were one strike away against the Mets in the tenth inning that uh, my brother because we're Red Sox fans we were awful uh, our emotion was not let's experience this joy the, our emotion was going to be let's rub it in the face of my uncle who was a Mets fan. And uh, my brother, the whole inning after they got the after uh, the second out was made, Hernandez flew out. My brother was dialing my uncle in New Jersey every number except for the last one, and his thumb would be over it, waiting. Ah, foul ball. Ah. And that's my. And I was telling that story, um, and also the fact that when I have the, I have the vivid memory of when um, Gary Carter got the single to. You know, with two outs, he's singled. And Vin Scully said, the Mets are still alive. And I yelled from my couch, yeah, right. And, uh, but I do, I do, that. I had a line that I said that I, I, I think I said it spontaneously. I don't remember saying it before him, but the line that I said that got me a lot of attention, especially after what happened when, when the Red Sox were getting closer and closer, which was, I said, you know, I was asked what, what would happen if they win? And I think they asked all of us, like Stephen Wright and Dennis Leary and all the other people who were in the dock were asked that. What do you think is going to happen if they win? And I said, the death toll in New England is going to be catastrophic because there are so many old people who are saying, I can't die until I see him win the World Series. They're all going to just drop dead. And it's going to be worse than the Black Plague. And... um and the funny thing is, is after they did win, there were all these articles of grandpas, like their last word being go socks and then dying or like someone holding on in the hospital and then they won. And this couple had been married since like, I think since Miles Standish landed in Plymouth, were holding hands and they both died by that November. I mean, it was just all these people. It was, just, it was, like, it was the bring out your dead from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And uh, yeah, I remembered saying that, and I got, a, I got apparently got a little, I got calls from all sorts of uh, radio stations around New England saying, "You were the guy who talked about. Guy, can you be on our show and talk about this?" And but, you know, yeah, sure, I'll, yeah, I'll go in. Now the drought wasn't as long, but when the Rangers finally won the Stanley Cup, there is an infamous sign at MSG that said, "Now I can die in peace." And my dad, who was born in 1941. So he missed 1940, laughed his ass off. He thought that was so funny. Um, yeah, that was, I, I have to sentiment. say, I was in New York when they won the Stanley Cup. That was fun. That whole, yeah. that was one of the most fun summers of sports. Ironically, 94, the year where they canceled the World Series. But that, yes, living in New York that year was incredible because the Rangers and the Knicks were in the finals at the same, at the same time. time. So yeah. one day was a Knicks final, the next day was a Ranger final. One day it was like it was absolutely, uh, and both went seven, and the Rangers Devils series went seven. I mean, and everything went seven. It was it was. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm mainly a baseball fan, obviously, but I was I just graduated from college, and every night it was tension beyond belief in in New York City. And I'm hardly a hockey fan, but. You couldn't be alive and not get into what happened that year. It was so much fun. Yeah. And do you know what? 
look at we're going to talk about a lot of things we're, we're, we've gone down memory lane right here uh and we, we got to go to our second segment here but i need a little boost of energy to get into there hey stacy katsulius if you need a boost of energy is there something that you would use to sort of like you know to, to give yourself that nutrition to move forward uh yes there is shall i tell you what it is oh please i need to know it's built bar oh Built Bars are, you know, Built Bars are the best tasting protein bars out there. But do you want, the thing about Built Bars I think is kind of sad is they've run out of flavors. There's no new flavors. There's no, there's no new variety. And I'm kind of saddened by that. Aren't, aren't you saddened by the lack of variety in Built Bar these days? <laughs> Sully is pulling your leg, people. Oh, I'm, try, I'm trying to throw you a, like an underhand pitch. I'm trying to like, you know. Yeah. I know there are so many flavors. It's it's actually hard for me to choose now. Mint brownie was my all time favorite, but mm-hmm. there are a few flavors now that I've had, and I'm just like, ooh, I don't know. They're a very close second to mint brownie. Well, you know, the whole thing is they've added the puffs, and oh. it's kind of like they. It's like when you add it. It's like they've added a new pitch. It's like they've added a split finger, and now they've added the the puffs. Because yeah. I've always I've I've been adamant. It's like raspberry. Raspberry is my favorite. I love that combination of chocolate. And the tanginess of the raspberry. But I'm telling you, this cookie dough chunk puff, boom, upper deck. John Sterling should have a call for these. That's how good they are. Yeah. Yeah. The cookie dough puff is probably, yeah, neck and neck with mint brownie for me. Yeah, I agree. But the my big problem, though, with cookie dough uh, chunk puff, though, is that they have just, the, the calorie situation is obvious. I mean, I didn't check it. But clearly, the calories must be just through the roof. I mean, that must be must be five, six hundred calories, though. I mean, that's I really got to. I'm trying to watch my waist. I mean, am I right in that? I didn't check it. No, you're very wrong. They are low calorie but high in protein, so they're really good for you. Oh my god! So I mean, we're, we're totally. I mean, it can't possibly be under two hundred calories, though. It, oh, mean, it is. It is. Oh, really? It's, yes. You can watch your figure when you eat a cookie dough puff. From Built Bar. Oh, my God. Well, but they can't have that much protein. It must be kind of like having a candy bar, right? No. I mean, I mean, do we have any? Oh, well, holy cow, it's 15 grams of protein. That's practically having a steak. Now, look it. But, you know, it must be really hard to buy these, though. I mean, like, they, they, they don't have an online presence or anything like that. You can have them delivered to your home. You have to probably go way far out to some place and, like, you know, and 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 be uh, and be with those intimidating salesmen going like, oh, you know, wouldn't you want to try this? I mean, you can't get these online, right? Oh, you can. You can go to built.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 and you can get 15% off any order that you make. Okay, let me write this down here. Are you telling me that I can, but but they lock you in on the flavors though. They say, but only good for these flavors. You can't like pick your flavors or make a mixed box or anything like that. You can make a mixed box. You can pick whatever flavors you want. You can do a combo. It's great. Again, built.com. Really easy. Locked 15 is your promo code. You get 15% off. Yeah. And do you what, folks? You know what? If you don't do this, it's really your fault. It's really your fault. We couldn't make this any easier for you. Built.com. Lock 15. Pick your flavors. Two people from HBO are telling you to do this, go get your built bar. I think I got my I think I got my energy going. And in fact, I think it's worth saying because this episode is, I don't know, I'm either dropping this late on Monday or early on Tuesday. 
But uh, thanks so much for making Locked On MLB or Locked On Yankees your first listen. Make the other one your second one. But the trade deadline is August 2nd. Locked On MLB has all the breakdowns. Locked On Yankees and Locked On MLB. And all your favorite teams are going to have rapid reactions to any move made. Subscribe now to your favorite Locked On MLB show on YouTube. Check out Locked, Locked On Yankees. It's killing. I love watching you guys on whether you're doing it by yourself or with Abby on YouTube. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts, so you get notified when the episode airs. Just subscribe. All right, we're here with HBO's uh, Stacey Gotsoulias. <laughs> um, let's start going. Okay, we we went we went down memory lane, but let's. Uh, I have to do a mea culpa here. I did not pick the Yankees to go to the postseason this year uh, because still, I did they're not. Still not. They're not in the postseason yet. And I and I certainly didn't expect them to clinch the pennant. You know, to get to have a trip to the World Series that they they have a, they have agreed to cancel the playoffs and just just move right on. Um, I, I the line I've said on the show uh, has been the Yankees. The I think the main reason uh, I felt that they had too many question marks in their pitching staff going into this year, and they turned the question marks into exclamation points. I mean, Clay Holmes. You know, I mean. As what he's done has been unbelievable, and I and remember, even Garrett Cole was a question mark going into this year. We didn't know what he was going to be like because he was disappointing down the stretch last year. So, um, I, you know, hat tipped to the the twenty twenty two World Series champion Yankees and. <laughs> <laughs> the thing around Locked On, if you're watching on Locked On on MLB and you're seeing me for the first time, the thing that they like to make fun of me for is that I'm not one of those Yankee fans who walks around with their chest puffed and who is talking about, yeah, we're going to make the World Series. We're obviously going to win. I am one of those people who's always waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I am not. It's not that I'm not confident. It's just I was basically a, pe- a pessimist my entire life. And it's hard to get that out of me. Even with all the championships that I've seen in the past, I still have this, the other shoe's going to drop, the other shoe's going to drop. And I still don't feel right. But the Yankees made a couple of moves today that um, made yeah, me feel a, a bit better about what's going on. But it's not just Holmes. Holmes is uh, scuffled a bit lately, but bit. he's still okay. And uh, Cole is every other, no, not every other, every three starts, he kind of struggles a little bit. Nestor Cortez, I mean, he was the ace of the staff for the first two months of yeah. the season. DJ LeMay, who's having a ba- bounce back season. Glaber mm-hmm. Torres is having a bounce back season. Anthony because they put him in his correct position. They put well, Torres in his correct position. <laughs> I mean, that goes a, a long way. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, Anthony Rizzo Church's- hit his 26th home run on Monday night. Judge is up to 43 home runs, and Judge has been disappointing this year. Judge, staying- has been, Judge has been Judge has been a letdown this year. Staying um, healthy, you know. So there's I'll, a lot I'll of reasons. You, I'll tell you the other thing though, because people talk about I, you and some of the Yankee fans I talked to talk about the 2021 team uh, as if they were a 90 loss team. Sometimes um, the the thing that ha- at least and, and and correct me if I'm wrong, I mean the, the they lost that game on Sunday to Kansas City in the ninth, but they had already won three out of four games, and there were some thrillers, including the walk off homer and a and a and a come from behind victory in one of the games against Kansas City. Um, the Yankees at the, about the midway point last year, they went on that stretch where they had like. Gut punch after gut punch with the one against the Angels and the Mets and the Red Sox and the Altuve and the Field of Dreams. All those, 
I don't recall the Yankees having many gut punch losses this year. No, I don't. Not, not they, really. They haven't had those those games where. Yeah, they've had a couple of, you know, obviously every team loses every once in a while. and every Yesterday team... was kind of a gut punch just because of the way that it happened against Holmes, you know, because that's kind of surprising. But, yeah, it's been different this year. But I feel like the few losses that they have had lately, like especially July felt weird. It wasn't a good year, a good month for them. And hopefully they're turning the page and August will be better. Um, but some of the losses lately have felt a little more like 2021 compared to 2022. But... I mean, I'm happy. It's 69 wins. Yeah. And I mean, someone had said before yesterday's game or after yesterday's game, the Yankees run differential last year at this point was minus four. And they're like plus 200 right now. Yeah. <laughs> like there's a I big mean, difference between the teams. Yeah. Even if they slow down, they're still on pace to win 100 games. Right. Which nobody was picking this year. No. Nobody thought this was 100. So look at And another thing I'll say that, yeah, the Yankees have had Okay, they're not on their 130 win pace they were at at the end of May. Okay, right. gee whiz, what a shocker. They've come back to earth a little bit. But they also look like a team that's been winning games where they don't have their best stuff. Like three of the games against Kansas City, one of the games, the, the starter for Kansas City was throwing a one-hitter. Yeah. And another game, that like Salvador Perez hit a home run in like the third or fourth inning to give him the lead. Yeah, Cole gave up five runs in that inning. He had two yeah. outs. Then there were two defensive miscues. Then Kyle Higashioka th- called two horrible pitches. That one was hit for a a two run single, and the other one was the home run for Perez. And it's like, what the hell just happened here? But they yeah. still won the game. They right. still won the game, and that in so many ways, a championship team a lot of times will win games they have no business winning. Right. You know. Or the and- other thing is, sorry, let me just say one no, thing. No. The thing that's working for the Yankees this year, if one aspect of the team is kind of eh in a game. The other ones will bail them out. You know, like if the offense yeah. isn't doing that great, the pitching will do well enough for the offense to kind of kick in at the end. You know, the starter will do what he needs to do. The bullpen will come in, shut the other team down, and then maybe the offense will wake up at the end. Or if a pitcher's not doing so great and gives up five runs in an inning, then the offense will come back <laughs> and win the game. And that's what seems to be the difference. You know, the Yankees defense is a lot better this year, a lot better. And they're preventing, yeah. you know, bad things from happening because that was a big issue last season. And yes, they were a 92-win team, but if they had played better, if Boone didn't punt some of the uh, final games of series, so instead of, you know, two out of three, some of these things could have been sweeps. If they hadn't put out the C lineup, you know, if they had beaten Baltimore yeah. more, they could have won 98 games instead of 92, and they wouldn't have been in the wild card game. So there were a lot of different things last year. This is... What's happening this year, no one expected the Yankees to be this far ahead in the division, ahead of the Rays and the Jays. Um, You know, it's still a double-digit lead at this point, which is just... And the Rays and the Jays are having good years. It's not like they're 90 lost teams. So that's the thing to emphasize. I mean, the Red Sox are dead last and like one game under under 500. You know, like the whole division is playing at least mediocre. So, I mean, it's... It's not like a situation a few years ago when uh, a bunch of the teams people thought were going to contend in the National League East didn't, and suddenly the Nationals won the division. This is, you know, the the Rays and the Blue Jays are on line to make the playoffs, and still they have a double-digit lead on them. Yeah, it's it's very odd. It's awful. It's awful. I'm not comfortable. It's just awful. 
I know it's awful for you. It's it's, it's, it's awful terrible. for me because I'm stressed. I don't like how I'm stressed about this. I should be happy and I'm not because, again, yeah. I'm not one of those obnoxious You know Yankees. why? It's because you grew up with the 80s Yankees. If you grew up with the 90s Yankees with a right. sense of entitlement, you grew up with teams that you knew were talented. They had Winfield and Ricky Henderson and Dave Rigetti and Don Manley, Willie Rand. They have good teams and good players, but they weren't good enough to win it. That's the t- If you were raised – with the core four and Bob, you you probably don't remember the 77 and 78 world series. So you went your whole lives hearing, God, the Yankees used to win all these world series and now they don't. Maybe it's me. Well, Am I yeah, wrong? All right. no, I mean, I, the Yankees had a 10 game winning streak. The first 10 games I ever attended, they won them. Mm-hmm. The 11th game, was a game in September of 1984. They were playing the Red Sox. They were winning 3-1. I started to get a fever. And my dad's like, well, I'm going to take you home. And I said, no, I don't want to leave the game. And he's like, well, I have to take you home because you're get- I was it, literally like within a half hour, I was like burning up with a fever. So in the car, the Yankees gave up the lead and lost the game. And I blamed myself. And from that point on, I never left a game early. <laughs> it's a lesson to be learned there. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk a little bit about who the Yankees uh acquired because they first of all they made a huge trade today uh and a really let's let's be honest a really smart good trade especially when you consider that uh severino was back on the 60 day injured list which probably when you're 60 game injured list in august that's not that's 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 more of a roster move i think because he was throwing today so okay, they're well, expecting him to come out, uh, come back at some point. It's just a roster crunch kind of a move, and they put him on the IL just because of the moves that were made. And you know they might be subtracting people, possibly Joey Gallo. So there, there, there may be more moves to be made by the Yankees. So just to the Yankee well, fans out there, don't panic about Severino. Well, I was trying to cause a little panic there, but Frankie Montas, how dare you? One of the best, one of the best trade chips in baseball. Excellent pitcher for. Oakland and Lou Trevino, who is a uh, who's a you know not having his best year this year, but has had you know has been a solid you know he's actually had a pretty poor season this year with the A's, but he's you know, has been a good reliever in the past. Right. And it, you're asking him to you know you're asking him to pitch meaningful games, and maybe that'll give him a nice little jolt. Either way, Montas is a wonderful pickup uh, for the Yankees. Uh, you know, he gives you, he gives you a lot of innings, gives you a lot of starts. He's, uh, you know, he's not an, you know, last year he was a Cy Young contender that may have been a little bit of a fluke, but he is going to be an innings eater who is, a, you know, with the Yankees, good bullpen is just going to give you exactly what they need. You know, he's going to give them, you know, you got to give, give them the innings they need and they're going to win some game and give them some depth. Yeah. And I think this was a, I thought this was a fantastic trade for the Yankees. I was pleasantly surprised, um, you know, because before that trade, they made this move for um, Scott Efros from the Cubs. And I thought to myself, okay, because when I woke up this morning on Monday, I was thinking Andrew Benintendi is not enough. They Mm -hmm. need bullpen help. They need another starter. And here it is later at night on Monday. They got bullpen help <laughs> yeah. twice. They got a starter. <laughs> so I and they didn't have to give up really any of their top top prospects. No. Waldachuk is actually pretty good. He I think they're I feel like Waldachuk, because he's part of the Montas um 
Trevino yep. move. Along with um, along with Cooper Bowman, Luis Medina, and J.P. Sears, who I believe he pitched in the major leagues this year. J.P. J.P. Sears. Sears did really well for the Yankees in the majors. I was a little bummed about that, but I kind of understand the move that they made, like why they made this move. And, you know, I was a little upset about Waldachuk just because of what Lindsey Crosby was telling me. Locked on prospects, locked on MLB prospects. Lindsey knows his stuff. Um but Waldachuk apparently is one of those guys who, if he isn't on the 40-man, he could have been lost in the Rule 5 draft. So Cashman threw him in there. Like, he was just mm-hmm. like, okay, we'll we'll work this out. So it's I think that's a good move for the A's. And A's fans should actually be happy with this haul because Sears, Medina, and Waldachuk, definitely, that's a good trio of arms there for the A's. Yeah. Yeah, it was, well, you know, because even Jason from Lockdown A's is like, is this good? And Lindsay and I are both like, yes, it actually is. You guys are, you you weren't fleeced or anything like that. It's okay. It's a good move. You know, I will say something about the A's. Um, uh, they, they've certainly got volume back for Olsen, for Chapman, for uh, Matt Chapman, for Frankie Montas, for Sean Manaya. They, they've got, for each one of them, they got three or four prospects back from each one of them. And so, you know, look at, I don't know what's going to happen with the A's. I've been very vocal. I want them to stay in Oakland. Uh, I don't think they're going to. Uh, I think I don't want them to move to Las Vegas. I think Las Vegas is a disaster waiting to happen in baseball. If they have to move to the West Coast, I would like them to move to Portland. Um, but Or Vancouver, one of the two. Um, but uh, either way, I do think they... The A's, I don't think what they're doing is uh, tanking. Uh, I think they are trading players and getting back good assets for them and flooding their farm system. And, you know, we see the A's do this every few years. They'll trade everyone that isn't nailed down and then say, what the hell are they doing? And then three years later, geez, they're 93 wins. I've never heard of any of these guys. Right. And, you know, they don't win the pennant, but they give, you know, the fans in Oakland are banging their drums and waving their, their, their fans in Oakland. I, I love the fans in Oakland. They're so they're It's like going to a, a, a concert for a band that hasn't been discovered yet. It's not the biggest crowd, but they know every lyric. And um, but I, I like this trade for the age. Just like I liked the Benaya trade. I don't think they got fleeced in any of these deals. But that being said, uh I think that not every trade has a winner and a loser. I think this was a smart deal. Oh, also they they they, they got good value in the trade they made with the Mets uh, involving Chris Bassett and uh, uh, Marte. But I digress. Um, I think this is a great move for the Yankees. These two moves because it can they need you know pitching depth. We've seen is the name of the game. When you go into October, it's what helped Washington win. It's what helped Atlanta win. You know, the last two World Series we had full seasons for. And, you know, when you have the depth in the pitching staff, you know, you're never you're never going to slug your way to a World Series title. You could probably count on your fingers, on your one hand, the teams that won a World Series title based on mashing the ball. And you know you're going to be facing teams that have decent pitching who can match up with you for the day? I mean, look at last year, the best team last starting the best starting pitching rotation last year's playoffs was Milwaukee. And they didn't get out of the first round because Atlanta's pitching depth of their bullpen, you know, they weren't better over 162. They were better over four. 
Yeah. So I think we know the Yankees can hit, especially since they've traded bad LeMahieu for good LeMahieu, and they've traded Sanchez for Trevino, basically, and Benintendi. Oh, my beautiful Benintendi. My beautiful <laughs> Benintendi is, uh, uh, you know, he's a step up from Gallo. Um, and, uh, you know, assuming that uh, Stanton's going to be healthy, um, you know, I mean, and Judge is just playing on a different level right now. Um, I mean, this is – they have the superstar pieces in place. So they, they need the depth pieces in place. And I every move the Yankees made – uh, I thought was really smart and really yeah. smart for building for building an October run because you know because that's what the main thing they need to do right because I said that on my show a few times I said you know it, it's well it's all well and good making it to October but you have to make it through October and Brian Cashman needs to make moves to make it through October step on people's throats don't hold back and do as much as you possibly can at the trade deadline and I'm happy with these moves because yeah. I feel like they would have had to uh, give up way too much for Luis Castillo. Would I have liked to have Luis Castillo in the starting rotation? Of course. But I feel like he would have, I think he would have cost too much. And all, of all these moves, this is what happened um, so far. Because who knows? The Yankees still might not be done. They, they still have some chips that they could actually use. The Yankees have acquired Frankie Montas, Andrew Benintendi, Scott Efros, and Lou Trevino for Ken Waldachuk. Hayden Wesneski, J.P. Sears, Luis Medina, Cooper Bowman, Beck Way, T.J. Sycama, and Chandler Champlain. No Volpe, Peraza, Dominguez, or Austin Wells. They didn't give up any of those guys for any of these and, people. So, and, and you still have you have you put Trevino in a bullpen that is led by Holmes. Peralta's been good. Uh, uh, Lucas Litke has been good. As Clark much as I hate Schmitz. to say this, Aroldis Chapman has been looking better in his last few outings because he got his fastball back. <laughs> and, you know, you have, I mean, Tyon's been fine. Cortez has, uh, you know, obviously Cortez has come down a little bit from his superstar Cy Young self, but no one was expecting that. Right. I think if you if you had said, okay, Stacey, it's on early August, Nestor Cortez will throw 19 starts and have a 9-3 and three record with an ERA of 2.53. Are you taking it? I have a feeling you'd say yes. Every day um, and twice on Sunday. <laughs> and Cole is back. Cole is back being a, a true ace, innings-eating ace. Yeah. Um, yes, he has every few games he has a garbage start. But you add Montas to that rotation. You add the two new relievers to that uh, to that bullpen. Um, you know, and you, and, and Albert Abreu has pitched well too. Like anytime you get that depth, I mean, that's what won the world series for Atlanta last year. Jonathan Weisig is coming back too. Yeah. You know, I, everyone yeah, forgot. forgets that they lost Chad Green early in the season to right. an injury. They just, Michael King, that was a big blow because Michael King was unbelievable this season. Yeah. It was like him and Clay yeah. Holmes. Everyone was like, oh my God, like, wow. Can't believe yeah, they're doing what King they're doing. Losing King. By the way, the if in one of those like in one of those, if you went to the beginning of the season and you said, "Do you know what the biggest Yankee pickup is going to be? Do you know what of all the acquisitions, the one that will really be paying benefits on the field, giving them the flexibility?" We all knew it was going to be Matt Carpenter. We all knew that Matt Carpenter was going to show up from St. Louis and. And and 
be a home run hitting. He has 15 home runs since May, like May 26th is when he. It's 15 home runs in 41 games. That's it's insane. Stupid. It's and stupid. since July 14th, Aaron Judge hasn't gone more than two games without a home run. <laughs> I mean, and look at Carpenter was a fine play. It's a couple of very good years with the with the Cardinals, but yeah. he's like the last few years has been. I mean, last year he slashed. The mustache. You know he, it's the you mustache. he slashed last year with the the Cardinals over 130 games. He batted 169, an on base of 305, and a slugging of two. 75 wow that's that's over 130 games yeah yeah it's and he's, the he's it's the magic of the stash just like nestor he, cortez they can't shave them they have to keep them on their faces he's closer to 40 than to 30 <laughs> and he's having this kind of a season and can play and 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 get look, look at he's a horrible outfielder right but they don't need him in the outfield after the benintendi trade Right. I mean, they still put him out there, but yeah, as long as it's a can of corn, he's fine. Yeah. And his home runs aren't Yankee Stadium cheapies either. No, no. <laughs> yeah, it's no, funny. This is, yeah, I mean, sometimes it changes scenery. Like, because he was a Cardinal for a long time. He played in the World Series with the Cardinals and everything. And he was just one of those guys, you know, he's, gonna be, he's one of these, you know, Cardinal for life types guys. Right. And it changes scenery, you know. Uh, you know, could do someone good, and uh, yeah, he looks like uh, he looks like he should be in Barney Miller's precinct uh, with that that mustache. But you know, it, it, hey, whatever works, and clearly yeah. it's working. It's working, Stacy Gutzulius, and it makes me sick. <laughs> I'm um, sorry. Okay, not, now I, I I look at I know you are the most pessimistic Yankee fan out there. Yes. Um, which... pe- no, I'm not pessimistic. I'm cautious. Okay. I'm cautious. Let me Let's throw this that. question. Let me throw this question out to you. What scenario are you most nervous about with this Yankee team going into October? They're going to, they're going to win the division. I don't mean to jump the gun. They're going to win the division. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So obviously you have a, you have let's, a best case. You have a best case scenario, obviously. Let's go back to nine innings from Ground Zero when I did this. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, is what is what makes you what team makes you nervous? What scenario makes you nervous? And what do you just sort of like? Oh, please not this. Please not this. Please not this. Um. And it's not going to be the Red Sox, so don't worry about them. They're they're, they're going to be playing golf. I don't know if I'm worried. I just would like for there to finally be a moment where the Yankees can get one over on the Astros. Like I want it to be how it was in 09 after struggling mm-hmm. against the angels in 02 and 05, they finally beat them in 09. I'm kind of hoping that that would be the scenario against Houston this year. Um, I don't think anything I, I mean, everything about the playoffs worries me because it's really a crapshoot because yeah. you can have the best team and not make it out of the first round because the other team can have a better four games than you. I mean, the we've 2011, seen so 2011 many Phillies, the you know, 2011 Phillies were one of the best teams I ever saw in my life. Yeah. And they lost on a, to the Cardinals in the division series with on a one nothing shutout by Chris Carpenter, yeah. you know? 
I mean, I thought that team was going to sweep the. I thought they were going to. I thought they were going to run the table yeah. in 2011, and they they did make it out of the first round. But yeah. uh, but I'm trying um, to think of other scenarios. Um, I just would like for them to make it to the World Series so we can stop hearing about the Yankees haven't made the World Series since they won the World Series in 09. Um, that, that was a great of impersonation of me, by the way, that, that you just did. You're welcome. Uh, but yeah, I, I would just like for them to get past Houston so I could stop hearing everyone's big mouth about it. Um, yeah. But I don't pay attention to them other than when we play them. We. I hate doing that. I hate doing Sorry. that. When they play them and... You know, I don't even want to think about that yet. I just want them to win the division. Let me ask you one more horrible question. Okay. Right now, from where I'm sitting, I'm picking a Subway series. Oh, God, I hope not. That's the question. I was going to say, what is your, you know, I'll tell you what Fox wants. What Fox wants. They don't want a Subway series. (laughs) No, no, not at all. They want the Dodgers and the Yankees. They yeah, want L.A. Because, New York is what right, they want. Because Subway Series, you know, the rest of the country doesn't give a crap about New York. Um, but think of think of the clips you can pull out from a Subway, you know, a uh, a Dodgers Yankee World Series, which we haven't had since 1981. Well, yeah, because you know when I was a kid, you know, the Mets. My dad didn't care about the Mets. Like my dad actually, we watched Mets games because my dad, you know, yes, he was a Yankee fan, but he didn't hate the Mets. Um, we hated the Royals. I was I was brought up to hate the Royals, the Red Sox, and the Dodgers because those were the teams from when I was younger and the Yankees played them in the playoffs that that's who we were supposed to not like. So I think, yeah, a Yankees-Dodger series could be crazy, but I think most baseball fans would not want that to happen. I think they'd want, like, you know, a meteor. Like how I am when, you know, the Astros and the Red Sox are in an ALCS, I root for the meteor. That's how people would be if the Yankees and Dodgers were in the World Series. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was thinking about this in the late 80s um, when I was in high school. The, the Red Sox-Yankee rivalry was really dormant then. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, there was a much bigger rivalry amongst Red Sox fans with Toronto – Mm. who a couple of times they went down to the wire with the Blue Jays in the division. And yeah. also for me personally, Oakland, because I was living in the Bay Area when the Red Sox got swept twice by the A's in the ALCS. And um, and there was a big rivalry between Clemens and Dave Stewart. Oh, where right. Clemens, Clemens would win the Cy Young Awards, but Dave Stewart was the winner. Mm. And uh, when... Clemens got ejected from game four of the ALCS in 1990. And the, the A's went on to win. They clinched the pennant. Dave Stewart won the MVP again uh, for the ALCS. Uh, he won three, he won three postseason MVP awards in his career. And uh, someone asked uh, Dave Stewart, has that ever happened to you? What happened to Clemens before? And his response was, what, get thrown out of a game where my team needed me? No, I never have done that. It's funny that you bring up Clemens because I think it was the New York ESPN station, the radio station, posed a question. Mm. If you could bring one of these guys back in their prime and add them to the Yankees roster, who would you want in their prime? Jeter, Moe, Roger Clemens, or A-Rod? I picked Clemens. has to be Clemens. Yeah, if, if the Yankees could have prime... Roger Clemens, yeah, in yeah. the rotation. Um, hell, oh my God. yes. 
<laughs> uh, in fact, yeah, I'm going to tease. So you've you've inadvertently teased an episode which I'm dropping later this week. The notion of the superstar ace has become a thing of the past. Yeah. It's become the superstar aces we're talking about now are still the ones we were talking about 10 years ago, like Verlander and Kershaw and Scherzer. And you take a look at someone who, let's go down like in his, let's say, let's call his prime between 86 and uh, 99. Let's just say that, okay? Right. And where you look down the line, innings pitch, 254, 282, 264, 253, 222, 271, 246. You know, 18 complete games, 11 complete games, 13 complete games, 11 complete games. And the year where he threw 200, he threw 228 innings uh, with it to an ERA of 1.93. Uh, and, uh, oh, yeah, struck out, uh, you know, would lead the league in strikeouts. You have to have someone like that where you hand the ball to him and he's averaging seven and a third innings a start. Right. And, you know, to while leading the league in ERA and strikeouts, it, where his IMDB, or the IMDB page, his baseballreference.com page is just all black italics because he's right. leading the league in everything. Yeah, you want to put that into your team. Yep. There wasn't even a hesitation on my part. Not even, sure. I was like, Clemens, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I was the biggest Clemens fan in the world when he was in... Uh, when he was with Boston and when the Red Sox let him go in those first two years, he played for Toronto every day. He started, I had a blue Jays cap and I would wear a blue Jays cap whenever Clemens started. I was such a, I was such a rabid Clemens fan and I could not believe, you know, even or he was starting to lose a step. The year he lost was losing a step. Didn't they he, say he was in the sunset of his career? <laughs> he was in the sunset of his career in yeah. 1996, the year he led the league in strikeouts with 257. He threw 242 and two thirds innings, and his ERA was in the threes. Okay, that's quite a sunset. Yeah, let him walk. Let him walk. Well, I'm not going to let you walk, but unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap this up here. Stacy Gatsulius, host of Locked On Yankees. Where can people find your show? You can find us at Locked On Yankees on every podcasting platform available, and you can look at our gorgeous faces on YouTube. Yes, that's a joke. Um, it's sometimes me, and sometimes me with my co-host, Abby Mastraco, and we have a good time when we do the show. She loves ribbing show. me because I'm cautious, and she thinks it's hilarious that I'm not an obnoxious Yankee fan, and... Uh, yeah, no, it's a fun time. You can find us on Twitter also at Locked On Yankees, all one word. You can find me on Twitter at Stay Scotts. I'm also uh, my name. My screen name is Stay Ball because I like a good pun. There you go. And you can follow us at Locked On MLB Pod. Same handle for Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. If you look down there in the YouTube's, I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. If you want to throw anything my way, it's best to do it via Twitter. Because uh, I sometimes forget I have Instagram. Um, hey, talking about the Yankees with someone who has forgotten more Yankees than I'll ever know, Stacy Gatsoulias. This has been Locked On MLB for either the first or the second day of August. I don't know when this is dropping. It's one of those two. You're probably hearing it on the second. I'm here with Paul Francis Sullivan. Please, please, I'm begging you, call me Sully.